Proverbs chapter 14, reading in verse 12, says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Say that out loud with me. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We've, we've begun a series a few weeks ago that I've entitled, This Not that. And what we're looking at is the better ways of God. There is a better way to live. And throughout our lives, we make many, many choices. We decide about things small and big. We have choices to make of what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, whether we're going to buy a dog or we're going to buy a, a two dogs or uh, we're going to go to the You know, what we're going to do with our life, take this job, marry this person, take this position in the company, invest our money. We're we're making decisions all the time. And concerning so many things that are before us, God has given us his wisdom so we can know what is the best way to live. And he has uh, shown us a contrasting ways. But here's what we must remember, that the way that seems right to mankind is wrong. And many times, if we don't seek the counsel of the Lord, we will approach these many decisions and choices we make, and we'll just make the wrong choice, all right? We'll choose the lesser rather than the better, because that's the way we naturally think. However, uh, we're looking at the Word of God, and we're seeing God's better ways, so we can stop. So we can stop making wrong choices. So we can stop living in the low, the, the, in the lesser ways and start living in the better ways and have God's best in our life. So far, you recall that we've talked to you about His loving kindness is better than life. Amen. And then we shared with you about how the, the new covenant is better than the old covenant. Now, if some of those things don't make a whole lot of sense to you, then you weren't here. And uh, and if you will, you'll see that those are powerful truths that alter the way that we relate to God and we relate to, to each other and deal with the things of life. Also, we shared with you uh, last week, the Bible says that wisdom is better than gold or wisdom is better than wealth. Better than rubies, better than silver. Uh, it's, wisdom is better than wealth. And so we should heed the wisdom of God, make sure that we don't fall into the trap of the human race by simply misproportioning uh, in our minds, uh, have, having a wrong value system and elevating those things that really don't matter that much and, and lowering those things that are most important. Because eventually what happens? It leads to death. It leads to failure. It leads to a lack of success. But God's ways always work. He's always faithful to to cause His Word to come to pass in our lives. And a lot of it is just wisdom. He knows how we're created because He's the Creator. He knows how we function. He knows how this world system operates. He definitely knows about His kingdom and the, the realm of the Spirit. And if we'll heed His voice, listen to His better ways, we can take advantage of every good thing that He has provided in our lives. Ready for another better than today? All right, we want to look at Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Go there with me. Whether you're using a paper Bible or, or an iPhone like Paul and Jesus used. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, would have. Uh, 
Let's read the scriptures, let them register on the inside of us so we know um, what the Lord is saying to us, all right? Psalm 84, notice with me in verse 10, it reads, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness, all right? So here's the principle, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Now let me read that to you from a couple other uh, translations. The Message Bible reads this way, one day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. Did I read that right? Spent on Greek island beaches. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. The New Living Translation reads, A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. And so the way I have stated this Weeks better than, this not that, is better in the house than out. All right? Better in the house than out. Now, not necessarily talking about your house or my house, but talking about the house of God. And we want to take a look at what that means, the benefits of that. We want to see what that means in the new covenant and how that relates to our lives here today so that we can make sure and make the right choice. All right, because many, many, again, gravitate towards wrong decisions and many believers, many people who are saved, they're in the family of God, they're on their way to heaven, but they're still, uh, you know, practicing dumb and, and, and we want to avoid that. Say amen or say oh me. <laughs> uh, anywhere, even close to God is better than anything else in this world. Uh, I, I think that. It's generally accepted to be a positive that long life is a good thing. People endeavor to live a long life. They don't want to live a very short life and, and pass away. But long life is desired. In fact, it's, it's, it's valued in the mind of God as well because we're promised uh, long life. That we don't have to be cut short. We can live long and be satisfied and then leave. Right? Long life is a valuable thing. But see what the Lord is comparing here, inspiring the psalmist to say, better in the house of God for a day than a thousand in the world or a thousand anywhere else. Okay? Well, Lord, don't you value long? He does value long. But God has always been about quality. He's always been about content. One of the things that you have heard me say many times over the years is... uh, from John chapter 10 and verse 10, where the scripture said, where, where Jesus said there, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that word life is from the Greek word zoe, which means a quality of life as God exists in it. The quality of life that God has. Not just, I have come that your heart will keep beating, or I've come that you'll continue to draw breath. No, but I've come to give you a level of living that is so much higher and so much better than this world. Where the enemy steals, kills, and destroys, God wants to give us life in every area of our lives. And that that is manifest in salvation and healing and wisdom and peace and joy and victory over everything that we face in life. Okay? This is the way that God views life. It's not just about existence. It's not just about length. But it is about a quality of living within our lives. 
That's what he wants. And so if you contrast this, it's better to have one incredibly powerful, awesome, quality day in his house than a thousand out there in the world. That shows us what's there. And outside of God, outside of his presence, outside of what he's doing, nothing is worth very much. Well, let me say it this way. Nothing is worth very much in comparison to spending one day with him. And this is where we must get our minds renewed to think like him and act like him and therefore receive the benefits. Man places value on natural life. Man, I got places to go and people to see and deals to do and, you know, pleasures to experience. And it's all about this natural world where the reality is that's a lesser way. But if we see things the Lord's way uh, in God's house... In His presence, His plan, His people, His purposes being established in us, serving Him is of such greater value. Now, if that doesn't make sense, you think, well, you know, I mean, I had to be convinced to be here today. I mean, I, I'd just as soon be out, out enjoying the nice weather. Well, okay, that wouldn't have been so bad. It just wouldn't have been near as good. I'm not sure about that. I'm not, I mean, <laughs> I know, but there's a way that seems right to you. It doesn't work, though. There are some things we accept and believe and act upon, and we discover through experience that God's right. Or we can discover through experience that we were wrong. Either way. Nevertheless, we can adapt God's mentality and appropriate these things in our lives. And down the road, we'll look back and say, oh, yeah. Oh, that was way, way, way better. I could have done this, this, and this. But I chose to be with the Lord in His house and His people and His presence. And and look now. Look at what has transpired in me. Look at what has happened in all the lives of those people who value the things of this world above the things of God. I'm certainly so glad that he is numero uno in my life today. This is God's priority system. What does it mean to be in the courts of God? It means, it means acceptance. It means Because you're inside. Think about you're in the house, you're accepted. You're, 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 you're loved. You're, you're, I mean, you're allowed to be there. Which, which communicates a form of acceptance. Being in the house of God uh, speaks of protection. You're protected from those things that are on the outside when you're in the house. It, it speaks of right standing. Right standing. In other words, you're not at odds with God. You're, you're good with Him. How do we know? We, because He let you in. <laughs> You're not kicked out. You're not on the outside. You're on the inside. And so there is a, there's an acceptance. There is a right standing with God. Being in the house speaks of provision. Because when you're in God's house, everything's taken care of. Everything you need is there. But on the outside, you know, just the opposite are, just the opposite things are true. If you're not in the house, well, you're on the outside. How many know you can be on the outside of a relationship? You can be on the outside of a, uh, of some opportunity. 
you can be outside the house. Well, again, that speaks of, it speaks of lack. It speaks of being without. The Bible uses that language even in the New Testament. There are those who are in and those who are out. Those who are on the outside. And they are without the things that are produced and available by being inside. It speaks of being, again, now the opposite, uh, being outside speaks of being out of favor. When you're out of the house, things aren't well. You know, maybe some of you have been, when you were young, or if you are young, uh, or want to be young, uh, you've been kicked out of the house (laughs) through some wrong behavior. You got out of favor with uh, those in charge in the house, and so you were out of the house. Uh, Well, that's usually not good. Uh, I mean, sometimes leaving might be all right, but... Anyway, out of favor. Uh, what, what does it mean? When you're outside, is you're subject to the elements. You're subject to what, uh, what, what is out there. It's not better to live under a bridge. It's better to be in a house. It's not better to be in a cardboard box. It's not better to be homeless, either naturally or spiritually. It's better to have a home. It's better to be protected from the elements of this world. And all these things can help us to get a picture of what it means to be in the house of God, to be with the, in the presence of God, and to be under His protection and favor. You see, in God's house, there is not only God Himself and His very presence, there is also the family of God. When we, talking about, when we talk about being in the courts of our God, being in the house of the Lord, uh, we're not just talking about our relationship with Him. We're also talking about a relationship with family members. Now, there is, in the New Testament, a strong emphasis um, not only on the individual's position and place in Christ, but also on our relationship with with each other, with the gathering of believers together. There is an emphasis not only on a personal anointing, but also on a corporate anointing. There is is the move of God in an individual's life and what He would say and do in your life. There 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 are also things that God does in groups. He does in gatherings of His family of believers together. And we, to our own detriment, exclude either one of those. If I think my relationship with God is all about coming to church, I'm missing it. If I think my relationship with God is all about me and the Lord and no one else, I'm missing that too. Okay, God relates to us on both levels. And and again, there is emphasis on ministering to one another and gathering together together. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 that I just want to read to you from the Amplified Bible. So if you don't have that, you turn there or don't turn there, whatever you want. Uh, But the scriptures talk about how we are the temple. Remember 1 Corinthians 6 says your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? In the third chapter, similar language is used and almost seems redundant. But that's why I like to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says it this way, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple? Now think about that. You, the whole church at Life Church in Boise, are the temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent 
dwelling in you. In who? In you and in you. Right? In you individually and in us corporately. Uh, to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. So, so he, he, listen, the Spirit of God does not just dwell in you. The Spirit of God also, now He does, but He also dwells in us. Everybody say me, me. and we. And we. <laughs> that, 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 that's where the, how the Spirit of God works. I don't want to exclude either one of those. Dwelling in the house of the Lord involves all these different aspects. And so we should be mindful of them. You know, even the word uh, church that we use Sometimes very loosely in our day. But the word church, most of us realize that church does not technically mean a church building. Right? We'll sometimes say I'm going over to the church, but technically that's not correct. We're going over to the building where the church meets. Because the church in the mind of God is the family. It's, it's people. Okay? But it's interesting. Sometimes, especially in our day, people emphasize the fact that we as individuals are the church. And, and, that's, that, and that's, that's true. I can say that if I'm all by myself, if I'm um, separated from, from the rest of you, I am still the church. I'm part of the church. I'm, I'm part of the body of Christ. That's a true statement. Some have taken it to the extreme to emphasize the individuality it, the individual part to the point where, well, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to be a part of any group because you are this. But they're missing, what they're saying is not completely untrue, but they're missing the point of the bigger picture. The very word that's, uh, that's used, the, the very definition of the word church, remember Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, the very word church means a gathering. It's the implication of not just people being individually connected to the Lord, but disconnected from others. But the very picture is that we are connected to the Lord individually and we gather together. So really, the more accurate explanation of what the church is, is this. Not just this. It is the gathering of God's people. It is, the, it is the assembly of believers coming together so that God can speak, God can move, His Spirit can manifest in a corporate way. And, and he, God, I tell you, God will do things in that setting that He does not do, will not do, just in an individual's life. The opposite is also true, by the way. You know, for, for the person who says it's all about the gathering, it's not. You need to connect with God on an individual and personal level. Both ways uh, are, are, are of God. It's something that God is doing in the earth today. Now, you're in Psalm 84, right? Psalm 84. Look back at the fourth verse. 84 and verse 4. It reads, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. They will, what? Still be praising you. It's interesting to me to, to note that the Bible indicates and specifically uh, says that there is a blessing associated with dwelling in the house of God. Now, again, is the house of God the building? 
No, but it can take place in a building. So that makes a building special in the sense that God's using it, right? But dwelling in the house is the gathering of the saints, the family of God, and it could be in a building, it could be in a tent. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, but the, the Bible mentions specific blessing that is associated with those who dwell there. So I'm supposed to benefit personally. And you can see, if, if you're going to say better, you know, one day in the house of God than a thousand anywhere else, there's got to be some benefit to this. But I can also see that the result of this is praise. There must be something happening in my life when I gather in the house of God that causes me to want to praise Him. Now, if it's just boring and dry and dead and no miracles and no wor- no words of no nothing nothing powerful nothing life changing i'm not going to praise him as a result of going to church i'm going to say thank god that was over. that's over <laughs> where, where, where are we eating today <laughs> you know what i'm talking about but, but but in the house of god his plan and his design and i realize mankind is involved with this so we could easily you know mess it up but God's plan is that things happen in the gathering of believers to this end that such good things happen in our lives and we say, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, and we, and we end up praising the Lord as a result of it, okay? There is a blessing associated with dwelling in the house. Now, to dwell, how many know what that means? That doesn't mean just run through. It doesn't mean drive through. You know, pick up a word at the window and I'm out of here. Dwelling has to do with a a permanence. It has to do with having a home in a particular place. And and, and so we can see dwelling in the house produces a blessing, not just riding through one day. Very little can happen on a long-term basis with such a short encounter. But it is those who continually dwell in the house, in the presence of God, in the, in the, the gathering of the saints, uh, that they, they, get, um, uh, they get things added to their life, blessings that cause them to go up. So your relationship with the local church has an impact in how much you are blessed. And in order to experience this blessing, you must be consistent. All right. Another verse that's related to this is Psalm 92:13. It says, "Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God." Now, what kind of person is going to flourish? The kind of person who is what? Planted in the house of the Lord. Now, you see the difference here. This is similar to the word dwell. Planted means you stay. We think of plants, we think of uh, agriculture, and if you were to plant a tree in your yard, and, uh, and you get it good and watered and growing and fertilized, and it starts growing, and after just a, you know, after a few weeks, you say, I don't really want it to be there anymore. I wish I would have put it over here, you know, uh, and so you go out there and dig the thing up and uh, dig a new hole, and you put it over there for a while. And it it just just gets in there, and it just starts to get its root system going again, and gets settled, and starts to grow. Well, I don't really like that spot either. I'm going to move this thing over here. And just every few weeks, you move your tree around. Or every couple months, you know, you move your tree around. How many know that tree's not going to thrive? 
That tree's not going to produce what it's supposed to. It's, it's, it's going to struggle if, if, it, if it even makes it at all. And that's, that's, the, that's the word that the Lord gives when he talks about us dwelling in the house or being planted in the house. When we stay planted, then we flourish. When our roots grow deep and we become established, then flourishing takes place in our lives. And you can see by your own life or lives of those you've known who are genuine believers, they're saved, but have a lack of being planted. You can see why they struggle in so many areas. God's blessing is not allowed to freely flow to them. They keep interrupting it by thinking like a human being. (laughs) They keep interrupting it with the ways of man instead of valuing the ways of God, which says, I got to get in the house. I got to get planted. I got to get rooted. I got to get established. And then God goes to work on an ongoing and continual basis and fruit abounds in your life. There is something that God wants to say to you, he wants to do in your life, but he'll not just do it directly, he'll not just avoid and, and, and skip over all the other processes. Amen. Praise God. Let me, let me tell you real, real quick, this came up in my heart last night as I was teaching right at the end, but I'll share with you today, uh, uh, and I'll try to go through this th- through pretty quick, but we had an experience here uh, a few years back, I was doing a healing meeting that we do regularly. And uh, in this healing meeting, I stood up here to speak and teach on healing before I ministered and laid hands on the sick. And the first thing that came out of my mouth is I started exhorting people about coming back to church. It wasn't part of my notes. Didn't, I didn't premeditate it or think that that would even make sense to share that right now at that, at that time. And I started saying, you, you not only need to be in this service, you need to come back to this service. This is before I prayed for anyone. And, and I know there were people there that I didn't recognize, and, but, you know, I don't know the situation situations going on in their life and so I said that and then I and and I went on to to speak and teach on the subject of healing and then we ministered to the sick laid hands on on those one particular woman uh, older woman had cancer throughout her body tumors all over her body she was given a a a terminal uh, report and diagnosis that she was dying and it was evident she was in pain and, and tumors growing throughout her body. And I didn't hear anything for quite a long time. Sometimes people will come and, and uh, I just don't really get a report back. So as far as I'm concerned, it's good. It's done. It's, they're, they're healed. That's my faith. And so I just leave it alone. Um, but I found out that this person was related to someone who comes to our church regularly. And, uh, and after a period of time, they came and told me the story. They said, you know what happened there? I said, no. Uh, they said, from that night, all the pain left in her body and all the tumors st- immediately started shrinking. And the doctors, were no- the doctors gave her that report. The tumors are shrinking all over your body. For the next four weeks, they, they, were, they were all dissolving. All the pain was gone. But she went to this person, I think it was her aunt, and she said, you know what the pastor said that day? That was God talking to you. She recognized as soon as I started saying it that it was inspired of the Lord for that person that they needed to come back so they can receive the word, so they can get built up in their faith and get established in these things for themselves. She said, they need to come back. And this person just hummed and hawed. They were a believer, you know, had received the Lord Jesus as Savior, but they were not, for whatever reason, willing to do that. And, th- and so this happened, this ma- manifestation of healing for four weeks, and they wouldn't respond, wouldn't respond to what the Lord instructed them to do, God's better ways. And, and you know what happened after that? After they finally resisted, the, everything came back and she died. And I say that, well, why did that happen? Well, the Lord tries to save us. He tries to help us, tries to give us what we need so we can overcome in situations like this. Praise God.
And so, and so again, those who are planted uh, are, are, are the ones who flourish. And many people, and see, this is not just about going to church. Because how many know you can go to church and not even be saved? You can go to church and not receive. You can go to the church and stare at the walls and, and not worship and not receive and not serve and not give and, and miss out on the whole point of what's taking place there. It's not just about external activity. Just like you can pray and how many know get no results? And someone else can pray and have heaven touch the earth. Because there's right ways and wrong ways to do these things. One person can give with a bad attitude and with a, you know, a, a wrong heart and do it out of guilt or fear or obligation. Another person can do it with worship and joy and faith. And they produce totally different results. You can lay hands on one person and nothing. Another person gets rocked by the power of God. All right? There's, see, there's different ways when it comes to going to church. The same truths are are existing today that that we can do it the right way or the wrong way and it's not just about external activity and so we want to make sure we do things with the end result being a blessed life okay now back up to psalm 84 again psalm 84 let me just read this to you from the amplified 84 verse 4 it says well i'll just get to the main the guts of that part i want to share it says your praises uh they will be singing your praises all the day long See, the New King James reads this way, they will still be praising you. I like both of these. They will still be praising you. They'll praise you all the day long. What do you mean still? Well, apparently, those who kind of cruise in and cruise out, they stop praising God. In other words, they get caught up with the things of this world and this life, and they, uh, their spiritual life is on a decline, and so they're not continually receiving the good things that God wants to bless them with by being connected with His house. And so they stop praising God. And the devil wants to mess with your mouth, by the way. <laughs> he wants to fill your mouth with complaints and negativity and just, com- just cussing and cursing and complaining and all kinds of... Because that's how he ruins people. That's how he ruins you and other people around you, by getting you to speak negative things. But when you're indwelling in the house of the Lord, you have reason to continually, and as the scripture says, to still be praising him. Praise God. Praise God. In other words, the blessing of God is working in your life. And not only today, but a week from now, and a month from now, and a year from now, and 10 years from now, and 20 years from now, and a million years from now, we're still praising Him. Oh, I can't hardly help myself. God, to God be the glory. He gets all the praise for all the good things being done in my life. But again, those who don't dwell, those who, uh, you know, want to spend a thousand days in the world thinking that it's better, they lose motivation. They lose inspiration. They get distracted. They get tempted. They get caught up with the things of this world. They're no longer praising God any longer. And and that's what, again, the Amplified says. These people will be praising Him all the day long. All day long. In other words, there's not a stop to it. There's a continual praising that's taking place in their life. Amen. Go to Hebrews 13. Let's finish up over here today. Hebrews chapter 13. I trust you're getting good things out of this today. I know I'm, I'm speaking kind of fast because it's coming to my mind like, like you know, rapid fire. So I've got to get it out lest I miss anything. Uh, he, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, the, the scripture says over here in verse 7, it says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Now, I want you to consider this uh, particular passage here today that, that, that talks about remembering those who have the rule over you. Now, 
what this can reveal to us is that um, this is not a generic relationship. Because they are instructed, and we by reading the same inspiration of God, are instructed to remember what? Those. In other words, it is specific to each individual that God gives spiritual authority to different people in their lives. And here's one of the, here's one of the issues that we run into today. There are many Christians who cannot relate to this verse at all. Because they have not put themselves in a specific house, a specific um, covering, specific church, and they can't identify anyone who, quote, has the rule over them. In other words, in spiritual matters, they've given authority to speak into their lives and so forth. And they would say, well, you know, I I just, it's just the Lord and I. (laughs) I. I just relate to the Lord. Well... No, then what about this verse? Well, I mean, the Lord and I just love the Lord. I just spend time with Him every day. I doubt it. Uh, Because, again, those who don't aren't planted in the house, they don't keep praising Him. In most situations that I'm aware of, people who think that way, and it's the ways of man that thinks that way, they trail off. They trail off in their praise. Their spiritual life goes downhill. They say, it's just me and the Lord, I submit to the Lord. Well, yeah, I mean... Just taking your word for that, or what? I mean, that's easy to say. You know what I'm talking about. But the, the scriptures identify real specifically that we should be able to identify and remember those who have the rule over us. In other words, we have uh, submitted our lives. We have come into a certain type of relationship with a local church and and spiritual leadership and and pastors and so forth that we can identify. Yet, yes, that's the person. You know, I, I can remember. On different occasions, meeting people and just through conversation, uh, talking to them and say, hey, so, so you're a believer. Where, where, where do you go to church? And they'll tell me, um, I go to uh, such and such a church. Oh, great. Cool. And, and, and on situations where I wasn't trying to set them up or anything like that, but thinking, I think I know that pastor. And I ask them, what's, that past- what's your pastor's name? And they fumble around. Uh, what, what, hmm, what is that? What is their name anyway? And, uh, and I wasn't even trying to set them up at all, but I immediately knew, you don't go to church, dude. <laughs> you telling me you hear from them every week or more, and, uh, and they're speaking the word of God in your life, you don't, you don't even know who they are. Not that knowing a human being's name is important, but we're supposed to, I guess. I should take that back. I guess it is important. You're supposed to be able to remember those identify it's supposed to be specific not just oh i just kind of go to all of them then no one has the rule over you Hmm. then there's no one to remember there's no one that can speak into your life there's no one that that god can use to speak into your life because it's it's not specific enough well i just praise the lord every day well what do you do when you're talking to him and and he and he reminds you of scriptures about you know not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together what do you do when he tells you that? Because he does tell you that. Oh, my. And so, just real practical, you know, where's your house? Who's your pastor? Uh, you know, how can, how can someone, how can one submit to no one? It's not possible to obey verses like this if you don't have a clearly defined home, a place of dwelling, a house that God has set you in. 
and, uh, and, and we want to adapt again. We want to adjust our thinking to be like the Lord's, okay? It's not better to work instead of be in the house of God. Well, I got to work. Well, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. But that's not better. It's worse. It's not better to sleep in. <gasps> well, I got to, you know, I got a messy house. I got to take care of, I got to clean the house. I've been working all week. Okay, fine. Clean your house. You should have a clean house, but that's not better than being with the Lord and his family. It's not. You're choosing the lesser. You going to hell for it? No. But you probably won't keep praising God. You'll be distracted by the things of this world. Your focus will be off. It's just not a better way. Amen. I just need to spend time with my kids. Well, that's a good thing, but it's not better than this. <laughs> well, you know, I just need to, I got, I've been busy. I've got errands to run, so I can't be in the house of God this week. Okay, fine, run your errands. It's not better, though. So well, I've got to go all the time. Listen, uh, got to? There's no law. We're under grace. He loves us the same. It's just how do we want to think? We want to think like we've always thought or like the world thinks, or do we want to think like God thinks? No condemnation here, but there is a better way. Just like wisdom is better than wealth. Well, wealth can be quite beneficial at times. But let's keep it in perspective. It's not better than wisdom. We've got to think like he thinks. Amen. You know, uh, if, we, if we go on vacation, as long as if we're not out like away from society we go to church not because i feel guilty if i don't i like it it's better it's better than spending time in the world it's better than doing anything else ah i get to be in the presence of god get to be among the company of the saints of the believers the household of faith it's a better way to live see this is the way we've got to think amen this not that Father, today we're so thankful for you, thankful for what you do, thankful for your Holy Spirit and presence and power working in our lives. We believe that you are faithful and at work in us today to accomplish your will, to accomplish your plan. And Lord, you're helping us to have our minds renewed, to think like you concerning all these areas. And we trust you now to lead us in the way that we go. You direct our steps, order our paths aright. And thank you, Lord, that we can follow your word, walking by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Lord, for working in us now, causing us to be, causing us to experience the full measure of your blessing. For this we honor you and thank you. For this we honor you and thank you. For showing us more and more of your ways. More and more of your thoughts. Your plans. We adapt to you. We're not going to be proud and make you adapt to us. We adapt to you. Thank you Lord. It always turns out better. Better than before. Better than we've ever known. Thank you for working in us today. In Jesus precious name.